0: Welcome back, mamas. Of course, you are a mother. I often say that once we become a mother, we look at the world through motherhood-tinted glasses. It's as if every single role, every part of life, is seen differently once motherhood arrives. And that's because it does. Matrescence means that every single area, every single part of us has changed. But... It's very difficult to take those glasses off at times and remember that underneath this key role that you play now, the key role that has embodied so much of your life, there is something else. Underneath motherhood, there is a woman who has her own story and experiences. She has her own traumas, perhaps from her own childhood, perhaps her own stories around what it means to be a mother, Her own experiences with her mother. We are these complicated whole beings before motherhood arrives. And we must know how to look underneath this role of motherhood and understand who we are. And just as importantly, recognise how that previous life, that previous sense of self, influences us as we mother. This is what my conversation with Rebecca Rylands is all about. Rebecca is a mama, a musician and a counsellor. She has an enormous array of experience, tools and insights into womanhood and motherhood. Her wealth of knowledge excites me. And in this conversation, we really look at what's underneath you and your role as mother. What traumas, stories and background do you bring in to the way that you show up for your kids right now? Because if we really want to be fully present and alive and aware as mamas, we have to know that underneath there's a lot there as well. I hope you really enjoy this conversation. Mama Movement, a weekly podcast dedicated to changing the conversation about what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age. I'm Amy Taylor Cabaz, author, mama, and former journalist. After spending 15 years chasing news and burning myself out trying to be superwoman. I realised that I was chasing a dream that no longer served me and since then have dedicated myself to understanding the transition that we go through as women when our whole identity shifts with motherhood. Every week I will bring you the very best insights and inspiration I can find to help us all change the way we feel about this time in our lives and create a movement that allows us to honour motherhood differently. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast.
1: Hi, Amy. It's lovely to join you this morning.
0: So in our understanding of motherhood, what gets me really excited is the conversation you and I are about to have. And that we're not just talking about the act of mothering the day-to-day experiences of helping to raise the next generation. But as I have a line on my website that says, this is also the act of raising yourself. And I know that this is something in your work with women and families over the years, you've also become super passionate about that in the experience of matrescence of motherhood, we're also looking at ourselves as a human being, as once a child, bringing all of our life experiences to this. So how did this work first begin for you?
1: Well, I became a counsellor before I was a mother and I, I think I underestimated, um, you know, how huge becoming a mum is for people, <laughs> you know. Um, I used to work in schools, I still do work in schools um, and I had no idea that the other mums on staff had done so much before they even walked through the gate. Mm. you know that there is um, a whole job that's being done just to get yourself out the door um, and so when I sort of realized you know we become mothers through giving birth or adopting or however we've we've come into this role, and then suddenly that responsibility hits you that you have these little people who rely so much on you. Um, And, you know, if we're in our best space, I suppose, if we've looked after ourselves, we are in a much better position to look after those around us. Um, Yeah, that's how it's come to be that I'm working with mums. It's
0: so interesting, isn't it, that... uh... We're so aware of ourselves in all of our other roles and places in life and then for some reason along comes motherhood and the lens is completely flipped to the child. It is about how they're going and how they're coping and how they're surviving. Without acknowledging, and I'm not sure how we got this so wrong, Rebecca, But without acknowledging that of course it's about how she, the mother, of course the father as well, or the other parent, how she's going in this transformation as well and how that then rolls onto the child how did we miss that bit
1: Mm, mm. I mean we're so hardwired to be social mammals to look after our kin and you know it can become so much of our focus that we lose a bit of ourselves and forget to look after ourselves first because There is the day-to-day reality of, you know, this little person needs fed probably before I need a shower. You know, all those sorts of things can just slowly creep up that we're doing lots and lots for other people. But then we can become a bit depleted if we're not filling our own cup, if we're not listening to our own inner voice, maybe even um, doing things that make us feel soulful and make us feel like a whole person, those sorts of things, as well as, you know, the the joy we get from um, our children. But we can't put all of that responsibility on them to fill our cups completely either.
0: Yeah. That's so true. I know in the work that I've done with mamas over all of these years and I have to say in my own life, those days where you don't cope with the load motherhood very well. Those Mm. days when you snap or even just aren't as loving and present as you want to be. The days that you just don't do the job you want to do. Mm. I've often found that that compassion that you are a multifaceted person underneath being a mum has been the beginning of the healing. I know Mm. this is something you're really passionate about as well but to acknowledge that well you didn't cope with that third request for a glass of water an hour after bedtime last night because (laughs) you're also running a business or on deadline or struggling Mm. in your relationship like there is so many other things that come to that moment but Mm. women don't acknowledge that so how do we start understanding ourselves better in that moment
1: yeah well slowing down I think um and this is you know me speaking to myself here too um (laughs) taking a deep breath um just tuning in, what is that really about, you know, is it about the glass of water that's really, you know, taking me over the edge or is it some other things that I haven't dealt to, you know, am I annoyed that my boundary's been crossed by my child and I haven't put it in black and white, you know, there can be a lot of things that underlie this. and. I think as mothers we can be very um, compassionate to our children and go, oh, they had a a hard day, you know, oh, poor thing or whatever it might be. But to actually look at ourselves and go, hang on, I've had a hard day and, you know, not to take the focus totally off the child and and have a big cry about that in front of them maybe, you know, that might not be the best case. But sort of thinking actually maybe there are some things I need to deal with Within my own emotional world? You know, what support am I getting? Um, And park that maybe to a time that you can reflect, whether it be through journal writing or a creative endeavour, if if that's something that you do. Um, And I've definitely found in, in my own mothering as well, it's taken a while to get some of that back because we are so busy in the early days and we can forget a little bit about what what makes, you know, us tick? What is it other than motherhood that also, you know, you had a life before being a mum? So what was it back then that that brought you joy? And even recently um, I've got my second child at the moment who's very little um, and I've just started singing with him a lot more and going, actually I love singing and he's getting a lot out of this. You know, that's a, a beautiful way to connect where I'm feeling like I'm getting some needs met and also then he is getting that sense of mum's enjoying herself.
0: Mm, Exactly but it is reclaiming those parts of yourself outside of or underneath motherhood, kind of Mm. drawing them back again and realising that often it's the imbalance of that part of yourself that causes us to react in those moments. It's the I like to think of it as it's the rejection of those parts of us that we don't think are relevant or we don't have time for that actually mm. cracks us the most, mm. isn't it?
1: Yeah, and, you know, some of us have to learn the hard way that it's mm. it's not great for anyone if you're being a martyr, if you're sort of sacrificing yourself completely for the other. Um, there will be those moments where you just push to the edge with it, you know. So we do need to take a step back sometimes and just sort of think, well, where am I at in my life? You know, these, these kids are so important. My child is so important, but I'm also important and I'm going to have a life once they um, grow up as well and I see at the other end of life not that it's the end of life when that happens the midlife you know sort of thing and it is getting a bit older these days um, Mm -hmm. as we start our families a bit older Um, but that sometimes that emptiness syndrome really comes out to the fore if we haven't put much attention on keeping some of those other connections um, alive you know whether it's Social things for you, or it's, um, I keep going back to creative because I think that is a huge part of how we can mend some of our hurts Um, and there are many ways that people can do that therapeutically or just for enjoyment Um, and we we can often have a bit of a creative wound saying, well, I'm not a creative person. You know, it might go back to your own childhood sitting in an art class at school and, and someone didn't like your picture or whatever, but there can be a lot to be gained from not trying to create for the sake of, the outcome but just creating for the sake of the process so getting out the the crayons with your kids or you know doing something alongside them you might actually find takes you back to that place where you did put pictures together or you sewed or whatever it is for you that your hands are working because your brain is also putting the pieces together when your hands are doing something creatively. Ah,
0: See I was about to ask you as you know, a counsellor is your social worker, the work that you do with families. Mm. What is it about the creative process that's so healing for us when we have things underneath that we might not be acknowledging or emotions that we haven't expressed properly? Mm. What is it scientifically there that's Mm. happening? I also know you work with drum beats and Mm. all of this beautiful musical side of things. Mm. Why does that work?
1: Well, there's a lot of research into um, when there is trauma in your brain that it's almost like things have been sort of separated or or filed in the wrong places. That's a good way to put it, you know, um, and then they might pop out unexpectedly, you know. So when I think about the word um, trauma, it it can be something, you know, like being told you're not creative or you can't sing or those sorts of things. It, It could be as full on as you feared for your life or your loved one's lives. Um, but something that really hurt you and made you see the world, the world differently after that moment, um, it, it kind of muddles things up a little bit. So one um, beautiful metaphor for it is it's like a linen cupboard. And if you have a really messy linen cupboard, which you many of us might do. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what it looks like when you can't sort of stuff things in anymore and then you can't even really close the doors properly. And I'm using this metaphor for our minds um, at the same time. So when it's all messy, it's also hard to find what you need when you need it. And it might overflow unexpectedly. You know, those doors might pop open and something comes out that was not supposed to come out at that moment. Mm -hmm. We can take the time to very carefully pull each item out, fold them up and fold them in the right place, then we're not so likely to be triggered and have things falling out unexpectedly. So, um, you know, someone says the wrong thing to you or your child does something that really kind of, you know, and suddenly you're flying off the handle. That's sometimes a little bit of a um, flag that, hey, I've got some stuff that I haven't folded away correctly and I want to be able to pull it out, you know, Carefully and when I want, because there might be some real richness within those experiences as well as the scary things. So um it's about finding a container for that so that it's not just always bubbling over, um, pulling it up when you want to and being able to put it away when you don't want it to be right in the forefront of your mind as well. So creative things um help to do that in a way that's not so scary, I suppose. Um, it externalizes things. So um, there's a beautiful expression that one of my clients once taught to me that um, oppression and suppression creates depression. And if we have expression, it can fight all of those things. So if you can express it and get it out, you stop internalizing it, which, you know, can lead to really low mood. Um, So getting it out on paper, speaking it, singing it, um, and it's to be done safely and, and with you know, maybe a witness who cares about you, maybe a partner, you know, best with an adult, maybe a professional adult, you know, you can make your choice. But some of it can be fun as well, you know, if you're just playing around with words or colours or putting um, even a mood board together or something like that, that just takes you to that flow or those times where you lose track of time, those are good signs that you're doing something that is kind of helping your brain put the pieces back together. Yeah.
0: I love that description about the linen cupboard. That makes mm. so much, I've never heard that before. It makes so much sense. Really, mm. uh, the cupboard doors flying open and things falling out that aren't meant to at that time. Mm. That is very much, if you don't process it, work through it and fold it and put it in the right place, then that's exactly what happens. I can mm. see that really clearly. It's a great description. Mm, mm.
1: and I didn't make that one up myself in my trauma um work that I did I've come across that one and it's it's just beautiful all the little metaphors and things you pick up along the way that that help to put the the research the you know Mm. the kinds of things that might you know neuroscience or whatever but just putting it in it even using metaphor that is one way of working creatively to help those parts of the brain make a little connection
0: Very much so. You've also um, helped parents with the circle of security, which some of my listeners might know, but others might not. And again, it's a wonderful thing for us to learn for our children. But Mm. at the same time, it might be something that we as mothers and human beings need to do for ourselves as well so can you explain what that is mm.
1: so the circle of security um program parenting program is based on decades of attachment parenting theory research you know so it's it's not just made up out of thin air there's a lot of stuff backing it um that says you know the connection between a caregiver and child is so important and it, it It's almost the and between the two people. You know, one child can be very different with each different caregiver. So there's something about that space between you and the other that's charged. You know, it has a background. It has almost a bit of a script that you've built together as to how the interactions go. And your child, once they um, sense that there is a threat or they need you, they're attachment system is activated and they will do anything to get you back with them you know and we know it happens when we get on the phone or something like that that's a that's a threat to the child going you're not there for me I need you and then they start screaming you know so we have those moments where it can be very frustrating you're thinking oh I just wish they would behave or whatever but trying to actually get your head around there is a reason why um, they need me so much in that moment. And if we look back to our own childhood, I mean, there are times, I'm sure a lot of us uh, can remember not having a need met and how painful that can be, you know. And, and also when there is a strong attachment figure, that goes throughout your whole life, you know. We even have examples of, I um, heard a beautiful story of a 90-year-old man getting um, an honorary doctorate from university and he said to the crowd, um, I just wish my mum was here to see this, you know. So we still think about our, our parents in our mind um, or it may not be a parent, it may be, you know, it, it's also our, our intimate partner relationship that has a little dance of are you there for me, I'm there for you, you know. So we have this this big space between us and the other that we can improve and we can enhance, you know, it's not broken, Um, there's rupture and there's repair. So the thing I love about um, Circle of Security is it's not advocating for perfect parenting, no such thing. It's just how can we improve um, on how you and your child get your needs met. The child gets their needs met really (laughs) is the forefront, but you might need to do your own work around, how do I feel when my needs don't get met? yeah. That
0: was the question that came to mind. Mm. I've had so many mamas in my programs and coaching over the years who don't feel like they had that circle of security when they were growing up and they don't have it now Mm. so uh, I just have so much admiration and respect and love for these phenomenal women who acknowledge that there was something missing in their own childhood their own mothering experience and they are so deeply committed to doing it differently my goodness these women are just phenomenal. Mm. It's so raw and vulnerable and uncertain that they will do anything to make sure their child feels differently. It just I'm sure you see it in your work too, Rebecca. Mm. It just, uh, inspires me every day. Mm. What do we do if we feel like we are very deeply committed to being connected to our children? But don't necessarily feel like we have our own support person mm. or people to draw from. Uh, mm. It becomes a very lonely experience, and I think it's often a part of that um, you know that snapping at the third glass of water at nighttime mm. is because we really do feel alone if we're the ones who are trying to change this pattern.
1: Mm. And Oh, just what you're saying. It, it's, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that could say, you know, I had parents and they did the best that they could. Um, but at the same time, there might be things that you want to do differently and you can see what you don't want to do, but there's no map, or, yes. um, well, how do I do it differently? You know, and it can be, if, you had the very harsh parents um, that you want to be very kind and compassionate, but then it can go so far in that direction that it becomes very hard to to do that all the time, you know. It, mm-hmm. It's probably impossible, you know. So we're trying to find that middle ground. Um, and I think when there are parents in that situation, um, yeah, reaching out, getting some support in whatever way is possible for you. You know, um, there's so many places that you can, you know, call up if you need to and not pay a cent, you know, helplines, things like that. If you just need to talk about, well, I feel alone. I'm trying my best. Hearing someone else say back to you, hey, you're telling me you've tried your best. Can anyone ask for anything more of you? You know, that can just be enough to help you see actually you are doing an amazing job and you may not have all the answers, none of us do, but you can glean a little bit of um, information or ways of going about things from, from others around you and whatever form of, you know, small or big village, online or in person, however it works for you. You know, even having mamas say that to you, I think it shows they're connecting with you even, you know, as a maybe a solid thing
0: that you being there
1: online for them or, you know, in whatever capacity they have that continuity and that kind of, um, that builds a secure base. Yeah.
0: I totally agree. And I feel, probably because I do, almost every episode of this podcast I draw the same conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) But it really does feel if we could get the message out Rebecca that you know we think being a mother is about our kids but really the biggest work is about looking at yourself Mm. and working through your own circle of security underneath what you're doing every day seeing how you're feeling Mm. about this really meeting yourself in Mm. this time and Mm. then from there you parent is that what you would say too
1: Yeah well there is often a a point in the program with parents they're looking at at themselves and and then thinking okay well this is where I have a bit of a glitch on the circle and the circle is just really meaning your child goes out into the world they come back in to you you're the secure base and you can think of yourself too you know. What do you struggle more with when you have to go out and do something that's unknown, go to a new place, doing things that's going out, outward bound? Or is it more when you come home that you feel, you know, something like anxiety or there's just you're not sure what the reaction will be when you get home? There's, you know, we we struggle on both the top is going out, and the bottom is coming in. And many of us will have some struggles on the top and the bottom, you know. And there's also um, there's a beautiful diagram that you can um, you can mm-hmm. look at on the Circle of Security International website um, that that shows that this going out, coming in, and the hands is is the secure base. And some some of us also struggle just being there, just being the hands, being with and being present. So when we can look at ourselves, we actually see what we might be struggling with when our child does something that is uncomfortable for us. So if if we had struggles with going out, we might be quite fearful of our child doing something that is quite safe. They might just be going um, to the other side of the playground, but you can see them, you know, something like that, um, as small as that might start a little bit of the heart racing for some people or it might be when they come to you and they say I actually need you I I need you to organize my feelings I'm really upset right now and that might give you the heebie-jeebies you know I don't want to talk about feelings with my child or, or whatever it is so if we can do the work with ourselves the less likely likely we are to be triggered by things that are normal parts of growing up and becoming autonomous
0: Oh, beautifully said. Wow. Thank you so much. Mm. I know that uh, there's some resources on your website and you also mentioned there the Circle of Security International website, which I'll put both of those resources in the Mm. show. But Rebecca, thank you so much. I love the variety of people I get to speak to on this podcast the phenomenal insights and, and things I keep learning um, just then with you talking about the different parts of the circle of security that you might be triggered in, um, that really highlighted something new to me and I'm sure the people, the mamas listening would have felt the same. They've heard something new in this conversation, so thank you.
1: No, well, you're very welcome.
0: These conversations give me goosebumps. It is always the discussion of the woman beyond the role of mother that excites me the most, and Rebecca's insights were just as exciting. You can find out all about Rebecca's amazing experiences and insights her counseling and the circle of security by going to her website rebecca rebeccarylandscounseling.com.au and you can also find all the resources around circle of security at their international website circleofsecurityinternational.com you can also go to the show notes and get all of the resources mentioned in this podcast there And remember, if you are only just beginning to consider who you are as a woman, now that motherhood is here, the very best first step is to go to my website and have a look at The Birth of You. This is my first step program to understand matrescence, to realize that yes, you are a whole woman underneath your role of mother. And so what does that mean? You can find that on amietaylercabez.com. Until next week. Satnam.